Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. We want to wish that everybody had an amazing Thanksgiving. I know I did. We had a great time with the family. Uh, cooked a turkey, got the mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, you name it. Uh, we were cooking it. And we also had a very awesome event here in Nikiski. I'm sure folks all around Alaska had some cool events they went to over the weekend. Uh, but uh, I'm one of the owners here at Nikiski Hardware and Supply, and we had an awesome weekend. This is our third annual time we've done it, where we partner up with uh, a nonprofit, local nonprofit, and we hand out two, three, four, five hundred gifts, depending on which year, to kids all around the community. Santa shows up, sits down for four hours, and just passes out gifts instead until kids stop coming. And we probably had about a thousand people at our uh, Christmas extravaganza this weekend, which for a teeny little Nikiski was a huge success. So um, spread that love and cheer this holiday season. And, you know, little things go a long ways. And $5 brand new toys for kids who may not otherwise have got a new toy. Man, that's a priceless thing to watch. So um, we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And, and today we have some very exciting topics to talk about. But first, I want to remind people that if you listen, watch, or read Must Read Alaska and you want to help keep the lights on, feel free to go to mustreadalaska.com. On the right-hand side there, there's a donate button. And 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 5 bucks. Hey, heck, 5,000 bucks. Every little penny counts. And you can help keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. We are not funded by shady, uh, you know, uh, conglomerates that are trying to skew people's news opinions. We are funded by the everyday Alaskan that donates 100 bucks at a time. So we want thank you for uh, if you're out there listening and you are one of our folks that keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. We want to thank you. And feel free to give us a review on iTunes if you listen to the Must Read Alaska show. You don't even have to type a review. You can literally just click on five stars and it helps out the cause. So uh, without further ado, I want to welcome our co-host and editor of Must Read Alaska, Suzanne Downing. How's your day going? It's going great. And I hope I hope everybody's staying warm and, and is uh, nailing down those things that are rattling around every time we get one of those tumblers from the um, earthquakes. I don't know, did you feel that down in Nikiski at all? I did, and I uh, I forgot to mention that I also got Elon Musk's new internet, Starlink. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I got that, I, me and some friends, like pre, got on the pre-sale list, like, I don't know, a long time ago. And it finally came this last week, and truthful, you know, review, it hasn't been uh, everything I'd hoped for uh, in Elon Musk's internet. So it broke down. It had a hardware malfunction and they have to send me a new one. But my friend who has it, you know, he's had nothing but great things to say about it. They have the fastest internet in Alaska overnight. Elon Musk wins that award. 
And so in three weeks, I'll be excited to get my second one and try it again and hopefully no hardware malfunction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was actually the, the story that we ran several days ago about Starlink coming to Alaska and having have these, uh, these satellites that are in low orbit. And they have uh, hundreds of satellites now in low orbit around the Earth. And some of them have uh, are pointing down toward Alaska. And in fact, the entire Arctic seems to be covered pretty well now with these with these satellites. Now, these satellites have a special quality; they are able to talk to each other through laser. So, if you're if um, if you're uh, kind of hooked up to one satellite, it can kind of relay signals to the next satellite until it gets to a ground station. And one of these days, I really want to have uh, Sean Williams on our podcast to to tell us about how this works because he's in this space. He works in this space in. Uh, Alaska, and he is extremely knowledgeable about how all of this stuff works with these these small little sa- satellites that are no bigger than the size of like a refrigerator. That's crazy, but uh, yeah, but but I'm well. I'm glad you had a, a a good Thanksgiving, John, and I'm glad that you're starting to they're into Kiski. You're starting to get higher speed internet, and that uh, hopefully things will be better. Because I know for you, when I send you a, a photo, you say, <laughs> "Well, I can't look at the photo until I hang up the call." Yeah. Because uh, the internet is so the, fragile, there. the internet will drop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, this this last uh, I don't know weekend or whatever Friday we saw the press release. I want to just remind folks we you know the Senate has organized. Suzanne and I are going to Suzanne and I are going to be going over that. But first, I want to read this kind of press release esque uh, post from the Democratic Party of Alaska, just to kind of set the stage because. Man, Republicans got outsmarted again. This is what the Alaska Democrats said from their Facebook. They said this, we did it. After making gains, Democrats have flipped the Senate from full Republican control to a moderate bipartisan coalition. And man, when I saw this, I thought they've done it again. They outsmarted us. Oh yeah, this this is totally Lucy in the football. It's kind of crazy. What What are your thoughts, uh, Suzanne, for folks that, you know, there's people that don't even know that the senator has organized yet. What What would you tell folks that are hearing this for the first time? Well, the Senate has been organizing for a couple of weeks and based on what they, they thought that the results of the election would be. And the, the election results were finalized on the 23rd, the night before Thanksgiving. And, um, they will be certified on the 29th. So that'll be tomorrow. They'll be certified that, uh, but they knew, they kind of knew what was going on. So they had already decided that um, they would have a quote bipartisan coalition kind of caucus. And they, and they do, they have a, a bipartisan caucus where they, they kicked out three Republicans and now they have nine Democrats and eight Republicans in this caucus, which means it is a Democrat controlled caucus. And then they installed a Republican um, Senate president in Gary Stevens, who's had a very, very long career in um, public service. And he's he's done this before. He's been involved in many bipartisan kind of coalitions before in his long, many years. And so he's the Senate president. And then they appointed committees. And so although there were 11 Republicans elected to the Senate, there are only eight that are part of the majority. And who they kicked out, they kicked out um, Senator Rob Myers of Fairbanks. And now Rob Myers, uh, you remember, he 
he won that seat a couple of years ago from um, John Coghill because John Coghill was seen as too moderate and that district wanted somebody a little bit more um, conservative and, and sticking with the conservative principles. Also, John Coghill had had been the prime sponsor for, for Senate Bill 91, which was the crime spree bill. And people were really angry with him about that. So they kicked out Rob, Rob Meyer out of the uh, out of the out of the coalition caucus, and they kicked out the current Senate Majority Leader Shelley Hughes from Palmer, Matsu area, and they kicked out Mike Shower, who's from Wasilla. So they kicked out the people they thought they saw as the three most conservatives. Now. Then they 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 hook up with all these committee assignments and they give all the committees to the Democrats. So here you have finance. You've got one Republican and two Democrats who are co-chairing finance. And then rules committee. You have Senator Bill Wilikowski has the rules committee, but they not only gave him the rules committee, they also gave him transportation committee. So he gets to double up on his chairmanship. This is just brilliant on their part, on the uh, Democrats' part. And legislative council will be uh, Senator L.B. Gray Jackson, of Anchorage. And then health and social services, they gave it to a Republican, but they actually, um, they gave it to Senator David Wilson of Wasilla. And he may be, he may be in his last term now. He has to run in another two years, I think. And I don't think he'll be able to make it in Wasilla after, after he's made this deal. And, and I think that he knows that. And that's why he went ahead and did it. Uh, Senator-elect um, James Kaufman will be the vice chair of health and social services. But uh, then they put in the the new freshman Matt Clayman as the Democrat who will be the chair of judiciary, and then the only the only um, committee that actually has Republican uh, uh, chairs other than that health and social services is resources, and they made that a co-chair position between Cliff Bishop and Senator Elect Kathy Giesel. And Kathy Giesel used to be the Senate president, and she was unelected, and now she's been reelected. And uh, she'll have to stand for re-election in a couple of years as well, because all of a lot of these seats have to cycle through in another two years because of the redistricting for so many yeah. of them into this extra election. Other than that, you've got, you know, a Democrat running state affairs, a Democrat uh, running uh, a community regional affairs. And then your your friend, Jesse Bjorkman, who's the senator elect from from Kenai, who is uh, the like the NEA representative down there. I know you're just dying to talk about this. So labor and <laughs> commerce has has essentially a, a labor representative as the chair of that. He, he's, Who's he been a union leader. Yeah, he's a union leader with the NEA. And so you can see where this is going to go. This is going to be bye-bye your permanent fund. I mean, this is really, really going to go badly. Uh, again, I said transportation, Bill Wilikowski, and then education, Senator-elect Loki Tobin, She's the one who was uh, rigged into place there by Tom Begich. When Tom Begich was uh, the senator, he did not announce that he was withdrawing from the race until the last hour of the last day to file. And Loki Tobin, who was his Senate uh, aide, filed in that seat. So they kind of rigged it so that he pulled out and she filed at the exact same time and nobody else could get in there, which is why she's in there. And she'll have the education committee and so basically you've got, um, you know, nine Democrats and eight Republicans and then three sitting on the outside. Now, they said they were sitting on the outside because they voted against the budget last year. But that is an absolute lie. This is just so phony. Um, 
what's happened is the Senator Hughes, Senator Myers, and, and Senator Shower voted for the budget. And actually, it was Senator Stedman and Bishop who voted against it. And so they're saying that um, that Shower and Hughes and Myers voted against it when, when actually Stedman, who's now um, co-chair of finance, voted against it. Um, so they're just they're just telling a bunch of lies about why they excluded these three. But let's face it, they are the three most conservative uh, in the Senate, legislators in the Senate. And so that's how that's going to go. We're going to have a very moderate Senate. And um, I think that this is going to be really hard for the governor to deal with because they're going to they're going to give him a huge budget this year. Yeah, it's going to be a, if people thought the last two years, three years has been a cluster, just hold your, hold on to your hat because this next year is going to be uh, ludicrous. It's going to be like a, um, you know, Desperate Housewives meets, uh, you know, it's just going to be bad. It's going to it be is, so chaotic, it, so it, much it, drama. It's, it's going to be well, like daytime TV and and reality shows all combined into one awful thing that nothing ever gets accomplished, but somehow more money gets spent than they did the previous year. <laughs> we have fewer students and they're, they're going to want to spend a lot more money on, on uh, education because they're getting such bad results. So let's spend some more money. And we have the second worst results in the United States. Now, when I went to high school here when in, I don't want to tell you when, but it was a long time ago. Um, we had the second best schools in the nation and now they are the second worst so something is going on and it's uh, something has really changed in a couple of generations here but in any case uh, I, I'm not feeling real optimistic I we knew that how this was going to go when all of this news started coming out from their press secretary they hired the Senate Democrats press secretary to be their press secretary so yeah. this so you know and they're, and they're going to let the Republican majorities press secretary go. She won't have a job when she comes, when they come back, they're not offering her a job. They're offering it to the Democrat. So this tells you everything you need to know, uh, folks. Uh, Alaska has um, kind of gone blue on us. Um, the Democrats should be very proud. They basically rigged the Senate, the U.S. Senate election to get Lisa Murkowski reelected against what um, the Republican Party wanted. Uh, they, they've got a uh, Democrat in the Congress now, and now they flipped the state Senate to Democrat control. Yeah, I, if you have uh, you know one of these Republican senators in your district, and you know some of these districts are um, more purple than others, but uh, especially Senator Wilson and Senator uh, Bajorkman, if you have those two people particularly in your district, and they are trying to give you the mouth talk of, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to, you know, we're going to be shaking hands and making things happen and everybody's going to love each other. Just remember this quote from the Alaska Democrats from their official Facebook page. We did it. After making gains, Democrats have flipped the Senate. That's what you need what, to know. That's what you need to remember if you live in these two very conservative districts in the Valley with Senator Wilson and Kenai Soldatna Nikiski with Senator Jesse Bjorkman, these folks need to face the harsh realities of what they just did. And this is going to be a binding caucus with a Democrat majority. And so your conservative Republican voice is silenced 
nothing conservative is going to happen if this is your representative in Kenai Soldatna and the Kiski or what what or in the valley zero conservative things are going to be happening because your senator just joined a democrat controlled binding caucus yeah. let that seek in because they will wordsmith you they mm-hmm. will tell you the 17 reasons why this is going to be better than uh you know anything that's ever happened to alaska but and you know for some folks that are you know, center left or center, maybe they like that. But for the folks in these two particular districts who are, it's the majority of these people are registered Republicans, conservatives. A lot of folks are not going to like this. And well, it's not what know, they ran on. And, you know, we, we've got, we've also got James Kaufman who joined that group as well. And we have others. Um, we, we kind of expected Kathy Gieselwood because we know that she's completely flipped. She's no longer really a Republican. She's just kind of, you know, faking it there. But um, but a little disappointed with James Kaufman jumping over. Very disappointed with uh, David Wilson jumping over. And I, I kind of expected Jesse Bjorkman would because I know his background and I, I know kind of what he seems to stand for a lot. Um, this is not going to be a fun year for Republicans uh, in the legislature. I, I don't have real high hopes for the House either. I, I've got to tell you, it's um, it's not looking good, John, in terms of the organization in the House. It looks like uh, the Democrats may also flip the House, even though there's a 21-member majority that is um, that is Republican majority. But one of those members is David Eastman, and the judge has prohibited his candidacy from being uh, certified. So he's he can't be certified because the judge has said he can't be certified. Okay, he's he was elected with over fifty percent from his district, but a judge has said until his case is re- resolved, which is the the case brought against him by uh, Randall Kowalki and the Northern Justice Project. And they say that he is not qualified to be in the legislature because he's a member of the Oath Keepers. And the Oath Keepers were involved in the surge into the Capitol and the disruption of the electoral process um, on January 6, 2021. And because of his membership in the Oath Keepers, that makes him culpable. And therefore, he is disloyal to the Constitution. And therefore, he cannot serve as a legislator tour according to our constitution. That's the lawsuit. And the judge has said until that lawsuit is resolved, Eastman can't be seated as a legislator. That means they can't really organize their 21, even if they wanted him in there. He's he's kind of on the outs anyway, because he is so far right. And people don't, people are not able to work with him very well. I mean, he has, they have a hard time with him because he's, um, he's so independent minded. He will not uh, follow any group. You know, if you say something's red, he'll say, no, it's blue. If you say it's blue, he'll say it's red. He's kind of a, a natural born contrarian. But um, that that leaves a very weak majority. And I think that that means when you have a weak majority, I think that means that people start making deals with the Democrats. And I, I'd i put money on it right now that we'll have a, a Democrat run House. And that we might, we might even see um, Louise Stutzen as a as, uh, speaker again, I've heard that she's gone over to the Democrats and said she will not organize with the Republicans because there's two Republicans she can't organize with. And one of them is uh, Eastman. I don't know who the other is at at this point, but, you know, she said, no, there's two people I can't, I can't organize with. So she's gone over 
And um, I believe there's one other person who's gone over to the Democrats as well. So, yeah, um, you know, a Republican state, we vote 65 percent Republican and uh, looks like they ran the table on us. Oh, yeah. The well played by the Democrats, because you have outsmarted the Republicans once again. Yeah, you have uh, tricked them into thinking that you (laughs) if they come along with your team, that they'll have a say. And we've known just based off the last four years that that's not true, but you still keep uh, tricking us and winning. So congratulations (laughs) to that. But I think a lot of folks (laughs) online are wondering, what do they do? I think, you know, I, I, I get some messages. I see the comments. What can we do? What can we do? How can we? A lot of people from the Valley or the Kenai Peninsula are wondering what the heck can they do? Because they have these they're in a conservative districts and their their senators just flipped to the basically the Democrats. And I think the the easiest thing you could do if you, you know, you got a job, you're taking care of kids, you're running kids to hockey, you're cooking dinner, send up, send emails, do phone calls and show up to public meetings when you can. And remember to be respectful because these people, even if you don't agree with them, they ain't going to listen to you if you're screaming in their face. And so try to be respectful, but be, you know, fierce, bold and kind, but be relentless because uh, these two particular folks need to be reminded that uh, they live in conservative districts and and siding with the Democrats is we won't, you know, is not going to be. Uh, is going to be something that's going to be taken seriously. So be relentless, call, email, and keep doing it, uh, but be respectful. Right. Well, and you know, for these guys, an election is just two years away. So uh, I don't think for Bjorkman, I don't think he has to stand for election in two years, but I think Wilson does. I think, um, I think maybe Kaufman does. So it is, uh, you know, we, we have to just turn around and and regroup and we have to decide if we're going to give up or if we're going to keep fighting. So I know it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough pill to swallow to see uh, Alaska going Democrat like this, but everything changes. I mean, if you look back in the 1970s, early 1970s, there was a group that came up to Alaska. They were associated with the yippies and the um, hippies and and they were they they did this thing called the ad hoc Democrats, and they took over the the Democratic Party, and they were the far left Democrats, anti war um, type people from the seventies. They actually took over the Democratic Party for a long period of time. You know, at least I don't know, it was three or four years. Some of those people are still around today, very very involved in Democrat politics, and they were all gray hairs now. But uh, the the same thing goes on. Uh, throughout politics is that groups will come in, will take over, and then other groups will come in and take over. And none of it's permanent because politics is so dynamic and just it's always um, changing. Leadership changes, philosophies change a little bit. And and then, of course, you have to always go to war with the army you have. And so right now, our army in the Senate looks pretty weak and it's pretty disappointing. But um, I don't think any of us who donated any candidates, um, any of those Republican candidates are going to get a refund. I don't think that's how that works either. (laughs) So, Suzanne, tell me about this. uh, You've written a couple of times about this cryptocurrency king that has been who has fallen on, uh, you know, hard times. uh, That it's somehow (laughs) in his in his in his three million dollar mansion in the Bahamas. He's fallen. And this is linked to Alaska. Please tell folks how this is linked to Alaska because. You'll get folks that'll be on listening to this podcast 
that maybe even haven't, you know, haven't seen or read any of the stories we've done online. So fill folks in on how this billionaire who's fallen on hard times is linked to Alaska. Well, I've I've written about this extensively ever since uh, November 11th, when the cryptocurrency exchange FTX collapsed and and filed for bankruptcy, Chapter 11. Chapter 11 allows them to reorganize, to keep your money, to keep it. And and they had a run on the bank, basically, a run on the currency exchange. And so they wanted to like preserve it so they could reorganize. So they uh, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And um, they've been scamming money from investors for uh, a couple of years here. And Sam Bankman-Fried is sort of considered to be the, was the next Morgan Stanley kind of a guy. He was this, he's this grubby guy who just, you know, he had everybody fooled. He was very, very smart. He, he um, very smart money-wise, and he was very tied into, um, through his, through his college internship, through a, a group called Sequoia Capital. And Sequoia Capital is the group that invested some of the Alaska Permanent Fund money into this FTX scam, which was uh, is another angle of it. But what I wrote about this weekend was, of course, if people have been following the stories, they know that Sam Bankman-Fried donated the maximum amount to Senator Lisa Murkowski's campaign, donated the maximum amount to Mary Peltola and the Alaska Democratic Party and Democratic parties all over the country and Democrats all over the country $40 billion it was what he was what he's pouring into the different coffers in the recent election cycle, second only to George Soros in terms of um, funding for Democrats. And then he was also funding ProPublica. So basically, he's trying to reshape the world and through politics to get all Democrats elected. And then he wanted to control the narrative in the media. So he's funding ProPublica, which is a left-leaning news organization, foundation style that makes grants to newspapers and to radio stations and such. And ProPublica grants granted money to the um, Anchorage Daily News. And then, of course, the Anchorage Daily News goes about writing this series, in which case they, they're implicating uh, Mike Dunleavy for the, the fact that there are not enough troopers in these villages that have like 25 or 50 people in them that you don't have a trooper in there, shame on you, or you don't have a village public safety officer or the village public safety officers you have have criminal records, which all has been true for a real long time. And let me tell you, folks, if you live in a logging camp out in the middle of nowhere, you're not going to have a trooper out there. That's how it goes. You know, the smaller communities just don't have them. And so, uh, it's it's just interesting to see that uh, all of these things are connected. Now, the money from Sam Bankman-Fried to the FTX Foundation, to ProPublica, to Anchorage Daily News is not a straight line. It doesn't go like that. It basically is the, the Anchorage Daily News got a grant from ProPublica before um, Sam Bankman-Fried made that gift to ProPublica. And their money was came from other sources. In other words, ProPublica was being funded by George Soros. ProPublica was also being funded, and these, these funds were being shuttled through to the Anchorage Daily News for their reporting by John and Susan Arnold of Texas. These are the same people that are funding all of the ballot measure two kinds of things around the country, including Alaska. Alaskans for Better Elections, one of their main donors is like they, they're getting funds from Unite America, and um, you know, 
U.S. action and all these things that are funded by John and Susan Arnold. John and Susan Arnold are trying to remake elections so that Democrats can get elected. So they're trying to change, you know, the the election. They're trying to change who who gets elected and get Democrats in there, and then they're funding the news organizations who are are, are following all this stuff. It it's there is no actual word for this. We need to come up with one, John. And I keep thinking it's like the Democrat newspaper industrial complex. I don't know what the word is. I, I'm calling it a cabal because it is so incredibly tightly wound. These guys are all in it together. And I don't think there's any structure to it. There's nothing like, a, a, you know, we're going to give you the money and you have to write about this one thing. Although they do, they do make proposals before they get the money. They have to write a proposal, say what we're going to write about. We're going to write about how Alaska is a lawless place and there's and it's all Mike Dunleavy's fault. Okay, we'll give you a grant for that. And, and so it kind of works like that. But um, and of course they want a Pulitzer for that because of course they're all tied in the Pulitzer organization, ProPublica, and and uh, the news, the individual newspapers. They all want to be part of the Cool Kids Club, and so they're doing the uh, the the kind of work that they will get positive reinforcement for. It's uh, it's shocking. Oh, by the way, I've got a, a column I put up this morning from the Washington Free Beacon. And I hope people take a look at it because it really expresses what a lot of us who have been following us are thinking, you know, who are these people? These, I mean, you look at the list of people involved in these scandals and they're all tied into, you know, the Epsteins and Alice Rogoff and their, uh, you know, the Bill Clinton and Sam Bankman-Fried. And you, you've got the whole list of really people doing horrible things. And they're all part of this big democratic machine. Um, it's worth reading uh, the Washington Free Beacon column that we posted this morning, John. It, it certainly expresses some of my shock as I have been digging into this over the weekend. I've spent three or four days really looking into this ProPublica link with the ADN and how it's all tied in back to this um, George Soros and the FTX Foundation stuff. Yeah, it's it's one of the th- things that I look at is it's, it, it um, all this one source funding, you know, uh, behind closed curtains while nobody's looking creates a sense that these papers even more so don't need to act like normal businesses would, meaning be competitive, have an mm-hmm. ear to the ground of what your consumers are thinking. They can pretty much you know, these newspapers can basically give the everyday person the middle finger because they're being funded by one or two people. Right. No more do they have to have, you know, no more does the Anchorage Daily News have to have a circulation of 30,000 people. They can basically have no circulation and figure out how to be funded by these very liberal left-leaning grant things. That's exactly right. Tell all their advertisers to go pound sand because their measly $1,000 a month doesn't matter to them when they're getting three checks cut to them every year for three million bucks a piece or something like that. And so it just breeds even more a sense of uh, out of touch with the everyday person, because you don't have to be, if daddy's cutting you a check every month, you don't have to really care about what's happening in the world or how what it looks like to actually earn a buck. The paper here on the Kenai Peninsula, their circulation is pretty much down to nothing. And people just don't care about papers. Yet these organizations keep printing the news because they're being funded by non 
people that do not live here in Alaska. And I think well, that so, that's... so the, um, the, the anchor state news for that, their funding that they got from the FTX foundation, not well, it didn't come from FTX foundation. It came from essentially George Soros and uh, the John and Susan Arnold's of the world. And some of these other organizations that are on the ProPublica tax filings, which I found. Um, so, the, so their relationship with ProPublica is such that, you know, ProPublica loves the Anchorage Daily News because that series they did, and the headlines are, it's all Mike Dunleavy's fault. It's all like, I mean, it's just over and over again. They were just campaigning against Mike Dunleavy the whole time. Um, but it's, it's fascinating because they love the Daily News because that won them a, a jointly shared Pulitzer Prize. And then you get the Pulitzer Prize and you go to somebody like Sam Bankman Fried and say, we win Pulitzers for our coverage and look at our coverage. And he looks at the coverage. That's exactly the kind of coverage he supports. And so he's going to tell his foundations, which by the way, some of Sam Bankman Fried's foundations aren't even listed with the IRS. They have not even filed their, you know, they have no EIN, they have no website. This is, you talk about dark money. This whole thing is so incredibly deep and scammy. I'll be just surprised if I live through the, the coverage that I make, um, that I write of it. Somebody, somebody will come out and take me out in the dark. You know, it's just like <laughs> put a bowl through my head because I'm, I'm writing about this. It's, uh, I mean, these guys are absolute, there's, it's criminal what's going on out there. So everybody do go to um, the Must Read Alaska front page right now and take a look at the story that we've got up there. We've got one on FTX's foundation funded ProPublica, and then ProPublica is funding the Anchorage Daily News. The Anchorage Daily News is what they were doing to Mike Dunley, what they did to Sean Parnell, which is run stories that were pure campaign stories against him, and they try to pass themselves off as news. The Free Beacon analysis says, what in the actual F is wrong with these people? <laughs> And that is kind of when you when you start digging into the this, that is exactly what you'll sort of come away with is like these people are think they're so smart and they're smarter than the rest of us. And we're just a bunch of uh, rubes out here. But there there's a lot of people out there involved in this that have absolutely no morals at all. Yep. Well, we are coming to an end. It's been 30 minutes here. So you got any oh last minute thoughts? Oh, I'll get some more stories up today. Keep an eye on the House organization. I know that they've had some meetings. They had some meetings over the weekend, and they're probably going to meet today as well. And I, I guess they've kind of got to wait until this whole thing is settled out tomorrow um, with the certification of the election. We'll have some stories on that, uh, the election being certified. I'll also have a story, up, uh, John, about... Um, how well Mary Peltola did in this race and some of the numbers from the race and why our, our actual voting numbers are really down this year, quite, quite significantly down the actual numbers and percentage as well. So um, yeah, tune into mustreadalaska.com must and there'll be more stories today. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody. Thank you everybody for listening to the Must Read Alaska show today. Um, and uh, feel free, like I said, if you listen to our show and you like it, Make sure you leave a five-star review on the iPhone. All you got to do is click on the five stars. You don't even have to leave a actual written review. And same with the Android phone. All you got to do is click on five stars. So, And if you're into apps on your phone, maybe you got an Android phone or an iPhone, all you got to do is go to the App Store, type in Must Read Alaska right there. There's our app. It's free to use. We put a lot of time, money, and resources into that. Thousands and thousands of people use it every day. We're very fortunate to have that. And uh, we just want to thank folks during this holiday season uh, <clears throat> to be thinking about us, folks who have thought about us in their year and given. We want to thank you and folks who 
maybe haven't even thought about year and given yet, make sure to keep Must Read Alaska in your thoughts because we'd appreciate five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks. Every dollar helps keep the lights on here at Must Read Alaska. So until next time, I'm John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Thanks so much.